ChrisCast is recorded live in front of no audience. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the ChrisCast. I am your host, Chris, and joining me through the Spotify for Podcasters app is Paul. Say hello, Paul. Spotify for Say hello to Paul. Hey, don't don't start on me. I've been medicated this week. You can hear it in my voice out there in podcast land. I've had some kind of thing going on. They're still trying to figure out. I had to delay the show this week because I felt so bad. So for those that don't like my voice this week, sorry. For those that think it's really sexy, you're welcome. Oh, my God. Whatever. Anyway, (laughs) shall, shall we get right into food? Yes, let's do this. Do you want to start with yours or do you want to come back? You go ahead and go into it. Okay, well, first up from BleedingCool.com, Mountain Dew Baja Blast has two new flavors coming out this summer. Baja Blast Caribbean Splash and Baja Blast Passion Fruit Punch. So, for the Mountain Dew, two new flavors for them. Yeah, it's that's one thing the flavored drinks craze has really taken off. Like I've always been big on the flavored teas, but the fa- the flavored teas started prior to the flavored sodas, I think. And now everything, flavored coffee, flavored tea, flavored soda, flavored water. It's just more ways to get you addicted to what you want to drink. To keep you addicted to it. Oh. Uh, and I'll say some of the sodas sound good, but I just don't like soda. So, and since we're on soda, from NBC News, did you see the new Pepsi deal? The new Pepsi what? Deal. No. What Pepsi is introducing? Mm-mm. Cola Chup. A ketchup infused with Pepsi. Oh, shit. Are you killing me? Just what we needed, isn't it? That sounds disgusting. I mean, it is a real thing. Uh, I could understand. I was, I was getting ready for you to tell me a barbecue sauce with Pepsi in it. I would be game for that. You know, there's, there's Dr. Pepper barbecue sauce, and there's Cheerwine barbecue sauce. There's Coca Cola cake. There's cake. I mean, sodas have been used in recipes for a long time. My even my mom, when she was alive, she'd make a sun drop pound cake, and that is the most delicious cake. It might be good, but it's like the mayo chup. I I didn't want that. Now I do like the mayo mustard combination. I put that on my sandwiches and it's delicious. Well, see, I, I use mayonnaise and mustard on my sandwich when I make them. So it's kind of the same thing. It's just I don't buy them in one. It's just perfectly blended, and you need to try that. It's actually really cool. delicious. Well, see, I like more mustard than I like mayonnaise. I, I use a hint of mayonnaise to get the creaminess. Now, you just use regular yellow French's mustard, or you get bougie with it? Uh, I just use generic. Mustard's mustard to me. It doesn't matter what company it is. I mean, I mean, just generic yellow mustard. I mean, you just yeah. use, okay. I didn't know if you like to use the white wine mustard or, or the I, you know. I like I like Dijon mustard. I like 
the the I don't like spicy, but like the the not spicy brown mustard is good. The Dijon mustard is good, but honey mustard. But I just typically go with the classic yellow mustard. Don't matter. Now, I've, I've figured out how to make. I figured out how to make my own honey mustard. You take mustard, honey, and mayonnaise and whip them together, and that's how you make honey mustard. It is very delicious. Only thing is, honey costs so much anymore. I buy mine in the big quart jars, where you get so a better like deal. Twenty-five dollars. No, um, out here at the honey supermarket, you can get them for twelve fifty from a local beehive that that supplies them out here. Oh, that's one of the few places. But moving on, <coughs> sorry about. I will be coughing some this episode because, you know, it's still kind of a strain on my voice to talk, but. I'm going to motor through, so sorry in advance for all the coughing. It's not going to be like COVID, though, I promise. Because that was bad. But up next is from vegnews.com. Kraft is introducing three different plant-based cheese slices. I can get into that. Cheddar and American. I would try Provolone, cheddar, and American. Now, American, I can see because it's it is so far from dairy that I would think they'd be able to get it plant based easily. Now, cheddar um, and provolone, I would try and see how they come out. Now, you do eat cheese, don't you? Yes, I, I still eat dairy. The cow doesn't have to die. I know there's a lot of harsh practices in the dairy industry, but. I also, on the money that I make, I can't afford to go non-dairy. So, well, plus cheese is a renewable source. It isn't like you've got to kill an animal to get the cheese. But. Right. I don't like the animals being tortured, but in in my mind, they're being treated very well because you do have to milk them. Like literally, have to milk the cows. So, but the. I did not see a price or an actual release date. But they they were tested in Cleveland in a test market that ran for 16 weeks in November 2022. The Kraft Not Cheese Slices quickly became the number one branded plant-based slice in dollar sales. Uh, Within eight weeks, repeat purchases of the vegan cheeses were at 20%. And a majority of shoppers interviewed, 91%, provided overwhelmingly positive reviews for the not cheese slices. Is that what so they're going to call it? Like not, did that. Is that you what they're going to call it? Is not cheese? Uh, yeah, it's. I've got a picture here I can show you. It's the, basically, it's the. They look just like the regular slices. Well, that looks just like deli. a regular cheese pack. Yeah, it's, it's like the regular deli packs of cheese. And it said they be in the the non dairy and the dairy section. I wonder if it's going to be like that generic, you know, store brand, no dairy in this cheese stuff. It's just disgusting. I wonder if it's going to be like that. Well, vegetable oil. One is Kraft, so I very seriously doubt it. Well, like Kraft is good cheese. Because my dad don't know the difference between buying real cheese and. That processed uh, vegetable oil cheese, and I'll point out to him. I said, "No, no, 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 no! Don't you ever buy this again." 
he didn't know the difference, and I had to show it to him. So, but like I said, it's it's craft. I trust craft, so I will give it a try. As yeah, long as it's not outrageous to Christ. Craft has been around for many, many years, so certainly they got it, you know, down pat by now. So I don't think they've been around a hundred years or more now. I don't, I don't know when they started, but you go ahead and keep talking, and I look that up. Okay. Well, next up, I have a couple of donut-related things. First up is Dunkin's second half of their summer menu is coming out, and it actually started the first day of summer. June 21st and will run through August 15th. The, the items it will likely include caramel chocoholic donut, chorizo and egg wrap, chicken and roasted red pepper, or chicken and roasted, it actually says chicken and roasted roasted peppers wrap. I'm sure it's supposed to be chicken and roasted red peppers wrap. Salted caramel cold brew with burnt sugar topping returning. The others are all new. And that caramel chocoholic donut, that looks pretty darn good, but very rich. Ooh, I like a, that. It looks like the chocolate glazed donut with a caramel icing and then the the scrapes of chocolate. I don't I can't the little curls that you, you peel off the chocolate. The chocolate shavings. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Um, on top of that. Did they say that this was going to be a series of donuts for the summer or the upcoming fall? This is Dunkin' Summer Part 2, June 21st through August 15th. So they are also it's going on right now. now. Ooh, I'm going to stop by there in the morning and get me one. Yeah. It says the Caramel Chocoholic Donut. We love it when we don't. And this is from Let'sEatCake.com, by the way. We love it when we don't have to choose between our favorite flavors. This glazed donut has a caramel icing and then is topped with chocolate curls. It totally won't cause a sugar crash by 10 a.m. So I was right. It's chocolate curls on there. Chorizo and egg wrap. Fuel up your di- fuel up for a day at the beach with this flavor-packed wrap. It has scrambled eggs, chorizo, veggies, beans, and mild cheese sauce in a red pepper lavish wrap. The chicken and roasted... It still says chicken and roasted roasted peppers wrap. Let's get back up here and see what the picture said. Now, the picture just says chicken and roasted pepper. So they've added an extra roasted on here for some reason. Speaking of beach days, this chicken wrap would make the perfect lunch on the go. It's made with diced chicken breast, roasted poblano peppers, and cheese sauce in a lavish wrap. Salted caramel cold brew with burnt sugar topping. Ooh. Has returned. The sweet caffeinated beverage is made with salted caramel syrup salted caramel cold foam and new burnt sugar topping. It must have forgotten to reapply sunscreen. And you know, I love caramel. I'm not really big on the salted caramel. Like, why don't they just do plain caramel? I love salted caramel. See, I would prefer regular caramel. When When it comes to salted caramel, it's the perfect blend between sweet and salty. And then, not to be outdone, because you got to prove what a patriot you are, so you have to eat like a patriot. Krispy Kreme will be introducing the Freedom Flag Donut. Oh, shit. It is basically their glazed donut with blue icing on the side with white specks 
to resemble stars, and then a red icing underneath all of it with white stripes going across it. You talking about a sugar crash, Jason? This is from the Krispy Kreme website. An original blazed donut dipped in red icing and decorated like an American flag with a blue and white sprinkle blend and white icing stripes. Ends July 4th. You would think they would say ends July 5th. Just one day after this. Yeah. Yes, if you're going to be Patriot, you better be Patriot quick. There's not going to be many places open July 4th. Um, Even TJ Maxx is closed on July 4th. I would bet that the donut places are open. They're restaurants. Restaurants don't tend to close on the 4th of July. Well, yeah, true. Next up from Billboard.com of all places, Super Mario Oreos are on the way where to pre-order the limited edition cookie collaboration. Pre-order? Oreos and Nintendo are powering up a sweet collaboration slated to hit shelves next month. Announced Monday, June 26th, the limited edition Oreo X Super Mario cookies are embossed with 16 different characters, including Mario, Luigi, Toad, Yoshi, Goomba, Bowser, Bowser Jr., and power-ups like Superstar and Super Mushroom. Each 12-pack of cookies features a random assortment of characters, which means that if you're up for a cookie challenge, You'll have to buy multiple packs to see all 16 characters. The Oreo X Super Mario cookies are available for pre-order at Walmart and Oreo.com. The cookies will be released in stores nationwide on July 10th for a limited time. Super Mario Limited Edition Oreo cookies, $4.28 by now. And I I can see somebody buying those to collect them, you know? I don't have, especially the way that pack looks. That's really cool. I I don't have anything against Mario, but I just don't have any desire to have to have Mario Oreos. But they're Oreos, so I would eat them. I mean, it's just the regular Oreo. And they've got a picture of some of the the characters on the cookies, too. And I mean, it's literally just regular old Oreos. That's actually really cool. I mean, you think the Christmas ones, they have little designs on the cookies at Christmas. This is basically the same thing. Also, Halloween, they have little jack-lanterns on there. Yeah. So. <clears throat> and since we're on dessert, I got a disgusting one for you. This one, again, is from Kraft. But this is a craft that I won't be getting. From businesswire.com. Craft Singles enters the dessert space with a cheesy apple pie to celebrate the 4th of July. And there is no way you would get me to eat apple pie with a slice of American cheese on top. Apple pie with cheese? Are you serious? I've heard of it before, but uh, no, it's not for me. The article reads, what's more American than apple pie? Apple pie with cheese melted on top. With Fourth of July craft singles, the go-to leader in uh, yeah the go-to leader in American cheese is partnering with Little Pie Company, known for its dedication to crafting exceptional handmade pies, to create craft singles apple pie. The single serve pie combines two of the most iconic American foods: the undeniably perfect melt of craft singles, 
with the sweet classic flavors of a traditional apple pie. With its simple, irresistible taste, the iconic yellow square slice makes all foods more delicious, including a decadent dessert-like apple pie. That's a hard pass for me. Oh, it gets better. Beginning June 22nd, cheese lovers can indulge in the Kraft Singles Apple Pie in-store at Little Pie Company in New York City and can also purchase for nationwide fresh delivery via Gold Belly while supplies last. Last, the Kraft Singles Apple Pie in-store will be sold for $10.95 and on Gold Belly for $44.95 before shipping. That's crazy. Which includes a recipe card, two single five-inch pies, and two packs of craft singles for melting. No. You're, you're paying $45 before shipping just to get two packs of craft singles and two little five-inch pies. Nope. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I have no desire to try it, and that price, absolutely not. Next up from Parade Mag or from Parade.com, Baskin Robbins debuts three brand new summer menu items. The Oreo Mega Stuff Cappuccino Blast is said to feature two added drizzles of Oreo cream filling to the fan favorite pick me up. The Oreo flavor includes an Oreo waffle cone drizzled inside with Oreo cream and two scoops of Baskin Robbins classic Oreo cookies and cookies and cream ice cream, all topped with whipped cream and Oreo cookie pieces. That's the, the Oreo Mega Stuff Cone and Cappuccino Blast. The Oreo Cone here that we just talked about, the Cappuccino Blast is just adding the Oreo flavor to. And then there's one more. Sunday Fun Day Ice Cream is the July flavor of the month which combines the iconic ingredients found in an ice cream sundae into one scoop. Each fudgy, crunchy, sprinkly bite will have you saying, best day ever, D-A-E. That'd be a bit bit much for me, too. Uh, The the Oreo cookie cone, that sounds kind of good. Two scoops of Baskin-Robbins Oreo cookies and cream ice cream topped with whipped cream and Oreo cookie pieces. I can do that when I get my appetite fully back. But the cappuccino blast, it's coffee. That's all I care. And the the Sunday fun day ice cream might be pretty good too. But that's it on the actual food. I've got a food toy related item, but I'll let you go ahead and do yours now. Okay. Last time we were talking about um, some Pop-Tarts and we had mentioned that Pop-Tarts had a new one called um, Apple Jacks. And I saw them at my local local grocery store and I went, oh, those look interesting. So I thought, well, I'm going to go ahead and buy a pack of those and see what they taste like. So I'm going to taste them live here on this recording and um, has a festive colored box here. And what gets me is the foil for this. You know how the normal foil is kind yeah, of... Yeah, the, the thing I told you to open up before we got on the air and you refused to do. So 
Remember that, people out there in podcast land. Paul refused to open them before we went on air. I was going to explain about the foil before I was actually interrupted. Um, this is a thick foil, and that's what I wanted to point out. It's not like your typical thin old foil for the pop tarts. And I was just wondering, I wonder why they made this foil thicker for this particular pop tart. I don't know. So I'm going to open it up. Oh, it smell good. They do smell good. And looks good. Looks like it has an apple filling of some sort. So it looks like a regular slate crust instead of something special. Oh my god. They smell just like apple jacks. Well, that's what it's supposed to be. This is good. Wow. I like it. I like this. I'm going to have to go back and give me another box before they get sold out. Definitely. I, I really like this. I give it a 10 out of 10. Yep. Definitely. Do you think these have gelatin in them, Chris? Yes, the icing has gelatin in it. Hmm. Any of them that have the icing on top, they have gelatin in them. Maybe they've changed their formula. No, every time I look, it says gelatin. Oh, this one says gelatin free on it. Ain't nobody <laughs> believing you. I'm picking. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Okay, that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> I will point out something to you. You know how manufacturers are constantly changing the size of the portions but charging you the same price? Like when it comes to potato chips, it keeps getting less and less. Perfect example. All blueberry Pop-Tarts grape and everything has always been 400 calories for two of them. 370 calories. Now they're all 370 calories. They're actually making them a little bit smaller and charging you the same price or more right now. Oh, that's the way it works. Yep. 30 calories less, 15 per Pop-Tarts. That means they're making them smaller and they're charging more for it. Don't think I don't notice that crap. Yeah. And then moving on to a toy that's food related and it's breakfast cereal related. Entertainment Earth has exclusive pre-orders, which the only problem is I've, I think I've ordered through Entertainment Earth before, and a lot of things get back-ordered and back-ordered and back-ordered and back-ordered, so you never know. So it's not the most dependable site, but they are a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. It is the Booberry action figure. Ooh, and he comes with a little box of cereal that also glows in the dark. I like that. And he's nineteen ninety nine. Again, it says on the the website coming in August twenty twenty three. But like I said, I've ordered through Entertainment Earth before, gotten some stuff. Some stuff got delayed so long that I canceled the order just because I got sick of it. Like, you're talking a year that I was delayed on it. And I was like, there is no point in continuing. 
So that reminds me, I have your um your tiki tiki or tiki tiki hut thing, whatever it is. Yeah. I've still got a bunch of stuff for you too. So, so every time we try to get together, we can't do it. Well, you tell me, oh, I'm going to dinner at four o'clock. You know, I can't get off. Well, half the time, I don't know what his schedule is. I don't know where we're going. And it's last minute before we decide. Now, tomorrow, we're going to Cracker Barrel because our favorite waitress, it's our last day. And well, one of our favorite waitresses there, we've got three. But she's moving out of town. and So we're going to see her tomorrow, but don't know what time we'll get there and what the wait will be like or anything. Well, just text me when you're on your way. Let me let me know. Well, it'll probably be before you get off. Oh, well, forget it. Because he gets off at four tomorrow. And my plan was to go to the dump and then to eat. But, yes. And uh, as far as the blueberry figure, the way I read it on comicbook.com where I saw it initially was that this one joins the Frankenberry and the Count Chocula action figures they've done in the past. They've now done the three of the monster serials. Cool. And moving on to the end of the world news that's come out. Have you seen about the internet apocalypse? I have been seeing something going on. Something big is going to go on July 20th or is it July 28th, July 29th? Something. Well, this is from the Washington Post, so it's a legitimate source. Is the Internet Apocalypse Nigh Breaking Down the Solar Storm Science? And I'm not going to read it all. It says, physically, most of us are fine, but in a matter of hours, we are boomeranged back to the analog era where the only thing that tweets is the bird outside our window. It's basically a solar storm that's going to hit and could knock the reception of internet down. I don't know for how long. One thing I said is it could be 10 years from now. They're, there's really, they're just, they're seeing the signs, but I don't see an actual event as to when it's going to happen. So it says such outages could last for months, depending on the scale and how long it takes to repair the damage. The economic impact of just one day of lost connectivity in the United States alone is estimated to be more than $11 billion, according to the Internet Watcher NetBlocks. So it could be a very costly storm. <clears throat> I don't see this happening. This is just a fear-mongering tactic, whatever. Well, it could be Y2K, but it could be legit. I mean, we've had solar flares before that interrupted like television signals. But you didn't really notice it. Yeah. So I don't know if this is going to be any different or not. And we're a lot more dependent on the internet now than we were 10 years ago. So especially after the pandemic, we're extremely dependent on the internet. So it is something to keep in mind maybe happening. But we'll just have to wait and see. And it could be that depending on where the servers are is how it affects like say California might not get hit but Mumbai India may be slaughtered <clears throat> so you know, just, I, could live without, I could totally live without the internet 
Um, as long as my satellite radios, um, satellite TVs go out, I'm good. <laughs> Got it. This is the last piece. Yeah. I'll my pop tart. Moving on to entertainment, I guess you saw they have announced the replacement for Pat Sajak. Ryan Seacrest. Yep. And I saw an article, I didn't read it, but I saw the headline where Vanna White said she has not been given a raise in 18 years. And I was like, that's just wrong. Like, if Pat Sajak got a raise in that time, she deserved a raise in that time. And you know he got one. And I'm not saying her job is hard by any stretch of the imagination. Well, that's her own fault. She should have done something. Well, it's also their fault for not giving it to her. Like, you should not have to ask for a raise. It should automatically be given because costs change and things go up all the time. And in 18 years, things have gone up a lot. Especially since this race former guy was so poor at handling the, the pandemic that everything went up. And then he got the gas prices to go up. Don't feel sorry for her. Guess how much she's worth. It don't matter. It's it's not a matter of how much she's worth. It's does she deserve the raise for being there all this time when everybody else is getting it? All she has to do is walk up and touch the squares. She don't have to turn them anymore. I said I know her job's not hard. But is it fair for everybody else on the show to get raises and not her? Just take a wild guess how much she's worth. It don't matter. Take the wild guess, Chris. $80. I took a guess there. $85 million. Million, not billion. There's no way she's worth $85 billion. Million, million. It sounded like you said billion when it came no, out. No, 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 no. $85 I was like, there's no way she's $85 billion. Nope, eighty-five million dollars for touching letters. But do people not tune in to see her too? Yeah, I'm not saying that she don't deserve a raise, but by God, she has the easiest job on the face of the planet. But I'm saying that's that's the point is don't don't give everybody else a raise and not her. Anyways. She wasn't whining about it. She just said that she... And the woman... What I thought was that she was hiring a lawyer for, I guess, renegotiation. And the woman has not wore the same outfit for God knows how long for all these other fathers' shows. She wears one outfit and that's it. Yeah, but honestly, do you think she keeps any of them? They're probably sent in by designers for her to wear. Yeah. And... To advertise their product. And that's not anything she's making. It's just she gets a dress for 30 minutes. But I bet those I bet those companies pay her to wear that dress too. Yeah. I mean, obviously they don't have to spend a lot of time working on a game show because they film so many in one day. And like you can I yeah. think they film a good five episodes in a day on some of them. Okay, we've spent enough time on this one, so but but I mean, really, really, it's but it's still it's the whole principle. If everybody else is getting a raise, she deserves. 
Again, I don't say she don't deserve one. I'm just saying she touches ladders. But let me tell you, the one that didn't deserve the money was Pat Sajak because he's the reason I wouldn't watch it. Well, keep going. I want to look at his net worth. Well, the, the the game was fun, but Pat Sajak was just terrible. I, mean, I cannot stand to watch him. I think he's stupid, and his jokes are never funny. And I just don't have any desire to see him. This is interesting. Guess how much is Pat Sajak is worth? A hundred million. He's worth less than her. Seventy-five million. Well, see, she she's from Myrtle Beach, so she knows how to invest. So that's where I say that she gets money from those designer companies like Gucci or whatever for her to wear that product, and they give her money for that. I don't think they give her money for it. They just give her the dress. But What's she going to do with, let's see, how many years has that been going on? At least 30 years. But like I'm saying, she probably doesn't keep them. They're they're probably loaned for the one-time wear, or they're donated to a museum, or put up for auction, or whatever. But But what I'm saying is, you know, that's easily close to a couple thousand dresses, several thousand dresses that she's only wore once, so... But anyways, what's next? Moving on, you know, Warner Brothers did it where they dumped a lot of stuff and, you know, famously they canceled the Batgirl movie, never released it and made everybody mad. They did the the Scooby-Doo meets Crypto movie that leaked online that they would not put out. And then Disney did the same thing. I said, oh, everybody's going to start taking Warner Brothers idea now that Warner Brothers got blasted for because Disney purged a bunch of stuff. Paramount Plus is the latest. Star Trek Nickelodeon shows, The Rise of the Pink Ladies is being dumped from Paramount Plus already. So, yeah, it's... I don't understand why they're purging all their original content. Like, that's what's drawing people to your subscription because the rest of stuff you can get anywhere. That don't make no sense. But but that's what they're doing. I mean, at least with with Warner Brothers, you can buy DVDs and digital copies of their stuff. Disney, not as likely to release their stuff that was original. And Paramount, Pink Ladies, I mean, it's not even considered for DVD or digital yet to be released, so who knows? But CW gave us a couple of news pieces in the week we were gone. One, we might have talked about it last time, I don't remember, but Jotham Knights was cancelled and Superman and Lois was renewed for another Um, 10 episodes. We talked about that last week. And I'm telling you, I watched the season finale the other night. And it's a good thing that they renewed Superman and Lois for one more season to resolve that. Why is that? Because, spoiler for anybody who hadn't seen it and wants to watch it, but they brought Bizarro on. And Luther, Lex Luthor was killing Bizarro to make him stronger. Well, Bizarro in the show, and here's the spoiler, morphs into Doomsday. And the end of the episode is Superman battling Doomsday. And the final is like them coming face to face 
for a continued battle, and that's where it went off. Cool. So well, I mean, we all know what happens there. It's, we don't until next season. Oh, please. So, Doomsday kill. Well, are they are they going to do Superman die, or are they going to have him win? Because they've already changed the story. Well, I'm just saying, in the story, Doomsday kills uh, Superman, so... Yeah, but this they've already changed, because Doomsday and Bizarro were not the same person. Well, I'm so, just, traditionally... He does. You don't know where it's going because they've changed it. So we'll see. And in more Superman news, and the DC haters machine is going in full swing over this one. They have cast Superman and Lois Lane for Superman Legacy. David Cornsweet, who was really good in Hollywood, by the way, on Netflix, if you haven't watched it, will be playing Clark Kent Superman. And Rachel Brosnahan will be playing Lois Lane. But people are calling him the dollar store version of Henry Cavill. And I mean, just they have not seen him in costume. They have not seen him work. They don't know who he is. They are just dogging this casting. I'm like, okay, James Gunn has a 10 year plan for these movies. Henry Cavill is 40 years old. 10 years from now, Henry Cavill is 50, playing a guy who doesn't age. But Henry Cavill looks fantastic. Henry Cavill's losing his hair. Henry Cavill has the body of a god. But his hairline has receded. He's going to start showing his age. And we all do. They can put a wig on him. But He's still going to show his age. Like, plastic surgery can't make it all better. Like, look at people who've had plastic surgery. They can digitally enhance him, his face, to make him look younger. They can easily do that. You mean like Joss Whedon did with the mustache? Because that worked well. I'm just saying, if they can create a whole character of a live-action character that's been dead for many, many years and put him in a Star Wars movie and make him look real, they can make Henry Cavill's face look just a little bit younger. Yeah, but would they be willing to pay for it? There's a question. And you're changing things, and I I really, that's my only problem with David Cornsweet, is he is currently 29. I would have liked to have gone a few years younger, like 24, 25, get somebody really young in there, to be able to go for all this time as the character. Kind of like what they're doing with... So Superman uh, is the way the story goes. Kind of like what they're doing, they did with Tom Holland. He was so young when they put him in there as Spider-Man. And he still looks really young, but my problem with Tom Holland is it's nothing like the Spider-Man from the comics. Literally. Like, the only well, thing they got... Was that he was it's not his fault. But it's Marvel Studios that did it. And I'm like, how can you screw up your own characters for that? And then how do people not get mad about it when they get mad about everything else? I mean, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but DC, again, everything they do, they get blasted. And Marvel, everything they do, they get accepted for. Look at how much DC got flagged for uh, 
casting uh, Wachitan as Batman. Yeah. And he turned it out being damn good. And then now they're coming out with the Batman part two. Well, they they blasted Val Kilmer, which not as bad, but George Clooney got more blasting. And then um, Ben Affleck, they really slaughtered his casting as Batman. And then they were all whining about Robert Pattinson being Batman. <clears throat> they all did good performances. Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill, like I said, needed to be replaced because they went too old. Like, and I know people like, oh, it's supposed to be the the, the Dark Knight storyline from Frank Miller. Problem is, all the characters were older in the Dark Knight storyline, not just Batman. Well, if you want to be technical about it, look at Michael Keaton. He's playing my, he's playing Batman again, and he done what I can understand that he's done fantastic in the movie. But the way they presented it made sense because he wasn't Batman anymore. It was, I mean, it's well known. I think there's no spoiler here that Flash goes back, changes the timeline, and screws everything up. And that's what brings Michael Keaton back, and he goes to see Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne's old and different person and it's because the timelines have all crossed over each other and so it brings Bruce out of retirement for necessity. I didn't know that but thanks for telling me. <clears throat> well it, I mean that's anybody who's followed anything with it they, that's been told many times that's why Batman is bad. And you'll be talking about that here in a little bit. Yep. But um, next up is my final story. One I will definitely be watching and reviewing. It's a documentary coming to Max. It is called Superpowered, the DC Story. And DC has done several documentaries through the years, and I've always enjoyed them. This is from TVLine.com. It says, narrated by Rosario Dawson, who I love, by the way who has a variety of voice and live-action DC roles under her belt and set to drop Thursday, July 20th, the three-part series promises an unprecedented look at the enduring and influential legacy of DC, allowing fans to rediscover the universe of characters as well as the iconic comic book company's origins, its evolution, and its nearly nine-decade cultural impact across every artistic medium. The docu-series features more than 60 new and archival interviews with actors and execs alike, including new DC Studios co-CEO James Gunn, Supergirl's Melissa Benoist, Arrowverse sire Greg Berlanti, Harley Quinn's Kaylee Cuoco, erstwhile Wonder Woman Linda Carter, and Watchmen's Regina King and Damon Lindelof. Hmm, I wonder why I'd want to watch this. I wonder why myself. <clears throat> it's the story of DC and it's got Linda Carter in it. What more I, could you know, do? I, know, I was just saying that. But it's also, you'll hear from Bruce Tim, Tim Burton, Mike Carlin, Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot, Patty Jenkins, Dwayne Johnson, Michael Keaton, Zoe Kravitz, Jim Lee, Zachary Levi, Tom Mankiewicz, Jason Momoa, Christopher Nolan, Robert Pattinson, Don Ridley, Margot Robbie, Michael E. Uslan, Mark Wade, and the late Christopher Reed. Episode 1 is called The Hero's Journey. Episode 2 is Coming of Age. And Episode 3 is A Better Tomorrow. So again, July 20th 
on Max. Can't wait. That'll be interesting. And I didn't pull up any of the obituaries this week. There was really nobody that I really knew passing. I think we need to talk about one of the major, most entertainment news hits. That's what I'm getting ready to. Okay. But I, that's what I was going to was I did want to talk about the very serious hospitalization that Madonna had this week. I jokingly with Paul said that she felt sorry for me and got sick at the same time I did. But, you know, I wish her no ill. I need her back healthy as she can be because I need a lot more entertainment from her. And quite frankly, these two songs that just released, the one with Sam Smith Vulgar and the one with The Weekend Popular, I listened to each once and I was not thrilled with. So she's got to do something to replace those songs as her last songs anyways. But she is home. I know she was found unresponsive at her, her in her bed, I believe. And she is doing better. She, the, she was hospitalized, innovated. Uh, it was not good. Could have been very, very bad. That's like, to me, she's getting ready to bite the farm. And what's even worse, and I mean, it's, hate is just permeating everywhere. And I know Madonna's received hate all through the years because it's the cool thing to hate her too. But the woman could have died and people are on there ridiculing her. This woman was came very close to being dead. And people you do are not ridicule somebody for their health or their lack of. Oh, please, that woman is the most healthiest person on the face of the planet. She exercises and does yoga all the damn time. So, yes, oh. she's human. She gets sick. And, and she's getting older. Yeah. I she's mean, actually she's, considered elderly at this point. She is 65 this year. So, you know... Time takes its toll on all of us, and I don't know what her <clears throat> her family's average lifespan is. Now her she, birthday is in she's August. Closing my parents' lifespan, I'll tell you that. Now her birthday is in August, just like Michael's was, isn't it? Uh, I think they were both the same year, weren't they? Fifty-eight. Yeah, Michael was born in fifty-eight, and August 29th, nineteen fifty-eight. See, she was August sixteenth, nineteen fifty-eight. So they're right there together. Two weeks apart. Yep. And, and, you know, every year on her birthday, I celebrate. Well, I didn't the one year because of her, her bad comments about COVID. I was mad at her. I was like, Madonna, you got to do better than this. But, but um, yeah, she was very close to buying the farm. So people just need her to fuck alone. Yes, she's an old lady. And yes, she's, cons- she's, she is consumed with youth but who isn't who doesn't want to look younger but you know give her this time to heal and hopefully she can get back up on her feet practicing for that new tour because people want to see this tour I would love to see this tour Uh, it just amazes me that people want to hate on everything though like I said DC people hate on it regardless and Madonna, they hate on her regardless. And it just, it gets old real quick. It actually makes me think, you know, she's 65. <laughs> Obviously had my, had 
plastic surgery done, and Michael's had plastic surgery done too. I just wonder what he would look like age sixty-five. That's the, I, I've always wondered that. And quite honestly, she's she's admitted to Botox in the past, but she did not do any real plastic surgery for a long time. Her face now. I didn't say now. I said a long time. She took a long time to actually take any plastic surgery. Yeah, her face is obviously made by Tupperware. And, you know, people want to ridicule her for her plastic surgery, but they don't say a thing about, like, Joan Rivers' plastic surgery or Dolly Parton's plastic surgery. Like, if she's happy with the way she looks, then that's the way she wants to look. Well, no, she was unhappy with the way she looked. That's why she changed it. Well, I'm talking about now. The After she changed it, if she's happy with that, then let her be. Yeah, so anyways. But I'm, I'm glad that she's doing well and mending because, you know, she's... I know the tour is postponed and they're talking a few weeks now, but, you know, she's still on the mend and Will she be able to be back at full strength to do the show? And how long will it be postponed? Will she be able to get the dates put together well? You know, like, she may have to postpone the first half and reschedule it after. So it may be delayed a year while the other shows go on as normal. It's Because it just depends on if the venues are able. Yeah. So... I mean, it's, it's going to affect a lot of people because, you know, she sold a lot of tickets. <clears throat> and people are going to be upset that they're not able to see her when they planned, but by the same token, they'll still get to see her. So that's the important part that people need to remember. And wishing her the speediest of recoveries and a another 40,000 years on Earth so she can keep singing and killing all these people with her wonderful talents. So she's she's going to be like Cher. There's some joke that says whenever the nuclear holocaust hits the United States, hits the world, those are going to be two things alive. Cockroaches and Cher. (laughs) Well, you know, on the Cher front, her mom lived to be almost 100. Oh, yeah. You know, Cher's from good stuff there. Cher, I think, is going to be 80 this year, I think. I don't remember. 78, 80, somewhere through there? I'm thinking around 70. Or 77. She's going to be somewhere through there. She is 77. She turned 77 this year. May 20th, 1946. She's 77 now. Yep. And she's... I was right. The TikToks that she puts out, my God. God, that woman is ageless. I do not know what they do with her, but she still looks the same as she did 25 years ago. But she found a good plastic surgeon. Oh, yes, yeah, she did. She's got a damn and good I mean, you can, you can see it in some of the things that she's definitely had plastic surgery, but then it, it droops a little bit, and she doesn't overdo it like so many people do. <clears throat> so that's hard. It's like Linda Carter. People say Linda Carter hadn't had plastic surgery, but you can tell that her face gets tighter and then it droops. Yeah. So, um, she's doing something. But Cher, she still looks good. Um, 
you know, maintenance done, of course, yeah. you have that done. And of course, with the money they have, they can afford to get all the, the beauty products and keep it going. So, last time I checked, Cher was worth like four hundred eighty million, something like that. She can do it. She can do it. So, well, last you checked, I think Madonna was worth about eight hundred million. So, eight fifty to be exact. So, so yeah, and and see that's something else. She's she's got to be able to blow some of that wealth before she goes too. So. She's got to have at least another 5,000 years going. Um, this year, Michael Jackson topped a billion. So he's worth his estate is worth a billion dollars now. Which is crazy because he filed bankruptcy because people hated him. Yep. And now he's worth more dead than he was alive. But anyways, that's a good place to start for the first half. Madonna, we do wish you the speediest of recoveries. In all seriousness, we hate to hear that you're not feeling well. And you know I'm going to be crushed to the day that she does go because we are. It's going to happen to us all, and yeah. that's going to be a really hard loss for me because since 1985 I have loved the woman. So, you know that's that's a near 40 year love affair that's going. I remember me and you at Hardee's. We had fussed who's the most popular person, Michael Jackson or Madonna. <laughs> yeah. We we know who won the race. Yeah, but we know who still got the number one album in the world. Don't matter, she's still going. Yeah, she is. I gotta hand it to that old bitch. She she never filed bankruptcy. No, she didn't. Never had an exhaustion phase. No. Didn't get paid by her label to go away. That'd be Mariah Carey, by the way. Mariah Carey claimed to have an exhaustion phase and was paid by Universal Music to go away because the sales were so bad. You know what's coming up on October 31st. She's going to be defrosted. Yeah, you know that picture I shared where she looks like a demon. Uh What is it? Um, What is that song? God, I can't think of it right now. All I Want for Christmas is You. It will drop October 31st and it'll be number one on the charts the very next day. All I want for Christmas is for her career to be gone. Okay, let's go on to the next segment. We'll be back. Paul's not going to review anything because he didn't watch anything. I'm going to discuss the Flash movie. Actually, I did watch one thing, but I want to talk about how pathetic it was. But go ahead. I'm going to review the Flash, and I'm going to review the first episode of Secret Invasion. So stay tuned, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. First up, let's go over the top 10 movies of this past weekend. From Box Office Mojo, down from 8 to 10, is Stephen King's The Boogeyman. Two and a half million in its fourth weekend for over, or almost 37 and three quarter million dollars. The thing that surprises me is that's from Walt Disney Studios. I did not realize Disney made Stephen King's The Boogeyman. What was the on that? Do you know, Chris? I have no clue. Down from six is The Blackening, which I kind of do want to see The Blackening. It looks funny. Three million in its second weekend for 12 and a quarter million so far. Down from seven to eight is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. First really good movie Marvel's had in five, six years. 
almost three and a half million in its eighth weekend, $351,071,298 to date. Down from five to seven is that just absolute terrible Little Mermaid that nobody was going to go see because she was a different race. In its fifth weekend, over eight and a half million for a total of $270,120,837. So, you know, they really stayed away. Hey, what's the worldwide? You know? Do what? What's the worldwide on that one? I'll pull it up, but I don't know right offhand. Uh, up from 10 to 6 is Asteroid City, which I don't know anything about. $9 million in its second weekend. For ten million two hundred sixty-eight thousand two hundred sixty-five dollars, uh, the Little Mermaid. The international total is actually much less than the domestic, forty-five point six percent, two hundred twenty-nine million eight hundred twenty-six thousand three hundred forty-nine. For a worldwide total, five hundred four million four hundred forty-nine thousand nine hundred sixty-four dollars. Uh, down from four to five is Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Not doing very well for a Transformers movie, quite honestly. 11 and three quarter million in its third weekend, 123 million, 102,232 dollars, which that should have been like an opening weekend total, not a three week total. Yeah, reviewing at number four is No Hard Feelings, just over 15 million in its first week. Down from one to three is The Flash, and let me tell you, there are two things hurting this film. One, since the pandemic, theaters are not making the money they used to, which people are telling me, oh, no, Top Gun made all kinds of money last year. Top Gun's one example. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy should be at $500 million by now. Little Mermaid should be at $400 million. As I just said, the Transformers, Rise of the Beast, that should have been an opening weekend total, not a three-week total. The Flash, you have the people who just want to hate on DC bad-mouthing the film constantly. People are not going to the theater like they used to because they learned during the pandemic it's not that long from theaters to streaming. It's part of the service they're paying for on the streaming. And they can pirate it pretty quickly, too. So when you hear nothing but bad from people who haven't even seen the movie, just bad-mouthing the movie, you tend to not want to go. And that's what's happened to The Flash, if you ask me. You have another exception to that, which blows my mind, that Mario movie. And that's what I'm saying. There, there are movies that are doing well. The number one movie is going to be another example. But... I mean, that I mean, Mario movie might as well just went ahead and done $2 billion. I mean, that's crazy. Because number two has been out for two weeks. And it, just for what it is, should have been an opening night total. Number two for the second week is Elemental. $18,444,461 in its second weekend. It's two-week gross. $65,496,376 for a Pixar Disney film. Yeah, it should have been bigger than that. So, I'm, I'm telling you, there's you can see it if you actually look. But people don't want to agree. They're like, oh, no, it's because DC's so bad. No, it's because people are bad-mouthing it, and people are very cautious on what they're spending their money on at the theater. <clears throat> and like I said, the exception, again, comes at number one, up from three to one, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. 
19 million in its fourth weekend and released $316,754,279 total. Now, is that domestic or is that worldwide? That is just here. <coughs> worldwide international is 42.8%, dollars $243,617,616, $569,613,989 total. In three weeks. Four weeks. Yes. That's still a lot of damn money for four weeks. Yeah, and an animated film. Yeah, that's an animated film. I mean, it is It is Spider-Man. The first Spider-Man in, in Spider-Verse film was fantastic. So I really want to see this one. I'm just not going to the theater to see it. Yeah, it was pretty good, but I don't want to see it at the theaters. Because <clears throat> I will probably buy the DVD when it comes out. Blu-ray with digital. But they'll get my money. I just I don't want to pay to see it in the theater. And with that, I will discuss The Flash. On IMDb, after 74,000 ratings, 7.2 out of 10. Not a bad score. On Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter at 340 reviews, 64%. Not a bad critical review for a superhero film. Audience score with over 5,000 reviews, 84%. Not a bad score. So, obviously, I'm not the only one who's enjoyed this film. And I did enjoy it, and I want to see it again. I will be buying it when it comes out. There's a lot of goofiness in it. There's a lot of good story to it. There's a lot of heart in it again. I mean, it's not... I still put Shazam! Fury of the Gods over The Flash as far as quality of film. But Flash was completely enjoyable. I'm not going to linger too long, but I do want to say this film was really good. People are knocking the special effects, which I, I can see some extent, but you can also see that the director was not lying when he said there was an intent for the Flash scenes because the other effects that aren't from Flash Vision look completely different than the the ones in the Flash Vision. And and the one that I didn't get was people were complaining about the the cameos. And spoiler, if you don't want to know, but there's a lot of cameos in the timeline. The one that disappointed me was they did not put Linda Carter in there again. <laughs> they always want to leave out my Linda Carter when they do these things. Titans did one in, in the last season where they were looking through the multiverse and had clips from other shows like Smallville and Grant Morrison who had passed away was in there. and Just all kinds of things. But they used actual video for that show. In this, they did computer-generated images, and one of the ones, again, spoiler if you don't want to know it, but it's all over the internet too, Christopher Reeve and Helen Slater as Superman and Supergirl together on the screen. And to me, they looked great. Henry Cavill showed up in there. Um, The shocker, they had George Reeves in there. TV's Superman from the 50s. So there was there was a lot on there and a lot more that I would have liked to have seen. But yeah, I, I thought the effects looked good. <clears throat> there, there was a clear intent by the director on the way they looked. And people don't want to listen to that. 
because they just want to hate on DC. But if you watch it, you can see a difference in like the action scene at the beginning where the Flash is running and helping people as opposed to like Batman and his effects. So yeah, there there was a definite intent on on the effects. But but I, I would highly suggest this film. I really hate that people just want to hate on DC and keep making it not make money. And it's like we said, they're already attacking the casting of Superman Legacy. Haven't even seen test footage in the least little bit yet. So people are just anxious to hate on DC for everything. <coughs> and with that, I'm going to let Paul review his review that he was going to do so I can step away and clear my throat a little bit. So, Paul, take it away. Okay. I lo- I've watched a very, um, it's, a, it's a horror movie. Well, considered a horror movie. It was called um, the um, All Hallows Eve. And it was produced back during the 80s film. And it, and it, 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 and it actually introduces the horror clown the terrifier and which there's a new movie out called the terrifier 2 featuring this this horrible clown and um it's a story about uh these kids that goes um on a goes trick-or-treating and um this is back whenever vcrs were in and this one kid gets a vcr tape down in his bag so when they get back to the house and the babysitter's there that took them, that took them uh, trick-or-treating, they're like, oh, well, there's a VCR tape here. Let's play this. So they put it in the VCR player. Ends up being some kind of a... It, ultimately, it ends up being like the Twilight show. The Twilight... Um, is it called? Did I say that right? Twilight Zone. Huh? Twilight Zone. The Twilight Zone, yes. Where it ends up being these little miniature horror movies. <coughs> featuring this clown looking thing coming after these people and all these different anomalies coming after these people. And it's like these separate little films. And um, it's a, it's supposed to be leading up to the movies, The Terrifier, and which The Terrifier 2 just came out as well. And The Terrifier 2 has gotten some awesome reviews. So um, it's about how The Terrifier started, that, that creepy clown. So... Um, it was actually, you know, if you're in for a good cheesy movie, by all means, watch it. But um, it's it's a typical '80s cheap budget horror film where it's definitely on the B minus. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the we did recognize me and my friends that was watching it. We did recognize the babysitter as being in some other things, and that's the only person we thought that was in anything. But anyway. If you want to pick up a cheap 80s horror flick, uh, yeah, that would be one. Is called All Hallows Eve, uh, with featuring that clown on the front of the on the front of the videotape or in front of the movie. So yeah, cheap budget, cheap budget, but it did receive good. You know, it actually did. I believe it said that we looked up how much it got at the box office was twenty five thousand. <laughs> So yeah, it was just one of those we had to watch because it was we was told to watch it to watch the Terrifier, then to watch the Terrifier Part Two, and they said the Terrifier Part Two is well worth. 
Well, I know Lamar likes Terrifier, so <clears throat> I, I haven't watched it. Yeah, All Hallows Eve features the beginning of that clown, <clears throat> the very beginning of it, before Terrifier happened. So having but, to watch All Hallows Eve. But admit it, you it wasn't because it was suggested to you. It was because it was your birthday and you had to celebrate your people on the Witch's Sabbath. Oh, you bitch. <laughs> You're just obsessed with me being born on the Witch's Sabbath. Because it's funny. I still like that little witch you put on my wall. <laughs> you know, do something special for you. What was it you put on my wall? You're celebrating your people's birthday today. Or your people's no, it's, it's your people's Sabbath. It's your people's Sabbath day. <laughs> the day of your people. And I'm sure all my friends on Facebook is looking at going, what? <laughs> well, your friends on Facebook need to listen to the podcast and they'll know all about it. Yeah, so, okay. Anyway, I wouldn't expect anything less from you every year, every year Chris. <laughs> it's, it's tradition at this point. It is, it is. So, yeah, I would be upset if I didn't see it. So And and let me just remind you, I was not well, and I still made sure to put that. Yes, you did. Because <laughs> that was Friday. That was the day that I had the 102 fever. Yeah, that was... I was really not well. And you posted that on my wall, so... <sighs> but, but with that, I have not watched the second episode which premiered yesterday, but I did watch the first episode of Secret Invasion, the new Marvel original series on Disney Plus. It's going to be six episodes. It is the scroll that have infiltrated and <clears throat> Olivia Coleman is in it. You know, she was Kit's mom on Heartstopper and she was in that was the Empire of Light movie that you hated that I liked a lot in the theater. Yeah. And I, I mean, I really like her as an actress. She's done a lot of good stuff. First episode, I'm not really sold. Like, I'm not, you notice I'm not racing to see the second. I will watch the whole series and see how it goes. But <clears throat> first episode wasn't all that thrilling. I mean, there's some, there's some shocking moments. There's some good moments. But it's, this one's going to be a story series. And, I don't know how it's going to play out, if it's going to get a little bit faster as it moves along, but I'm hoping. But again, it's Nick Fury, and Nick Fury was never one of my favorite characters in Marvel. He uh. just bland. And I love Samuel L. Jackson, and Samuel L. Jackson does a good job as he. It's just the character's not that great. Yeah. He hasn't been my favorite character either. He's he's a great supporting character, not a great lead character. Yeah, I mean, look, David Hasselhoff did the movie Nick Fury, which was freaking terrible. <clears throat> but David Hasselhoff is not an actor at the same level Jackson level either. So, anytime I think of David Hasselhoff, oh, that reminds me, there's um a guy on YouTube that bought one of the original kits from the production of the movie uh, from the show uh, Knight Rider. Has he you know, to do the voice? 
they had several of those cars, you know, that they used for the filming. But he actually had one. They actually was doing, um, I think it was Paramount, wasn't it? Paramount that put that out? It's Universal, I think. It was one of those. It was in storage <clears throat> on a back lot with several other ones. But he ended up buying it from overseas and hadn't it shipped over. And it was in rough condition. So I've been following its restoration on YouTube. And so far, he's doing a fantastic job fixing that thing up the way it looked exactly like it was in the in the show Knight Rider. So he's he's making it a, like a, a several-part series, fixing it up. And now he did the outside. Now he's working on the inside of it. The inside of it is going to be meticulously done the way he's doing it. And he's got a team working on it. So it's going to be it's kit. It's going to be kit. I mean, it's kit. Is is it kit, dude? It's like what the kit from the Knight Rider series from the show. I mean, it's one of them. But I I, I didn't think you emphasized it's kit enough, so I'm just oh, asking. Sure. So used kit. And I just I want to know does it come with William Daniels to do the voice? I don't know, but he hasn't talked about that yet. But I imagine he will probably have some kind of chip installed to use it. He's actually having it programmed to work through like an internal Apple type device that has his voice, so it'll respond to anything that you say to it, like well, like a Siri would. Yeah, I I I'd love to have some of these old cars from the movies, but one I can't afford them. Two I don't have anywhere to store. So, but no, seriously. William Daniels has a very distinct voice, and he he was probably introduced to me in Knight Rider by the voice of Kit, but his greatest performance in my eyes is not that Boy Meets World crap, because I couldn't try to watch that show, but he was Dr. Clinton oh, Daniels, because that was his real name, Dr. Mark Craig. On St. Elsewhere. Yeah, they mentioned that in the video. And yeah. it was that was a fantastic show. Like it was so ahead of its time. So it's gonna be programmed where he can have full con the the Siri type device for the car is gonna be partly Siri <laughs> part it's gonna be like a intelligence type thing where you can actually carry on a conversation with it, like a chat bot. It'll keep talking to you. Everything you say to it will respond back to you and stuff. But that's going to be cool. Yeah. I just, like I said, I just I can't afford anything like that, but it'd be awesome to have. But, but as far as what we were talking about with Secret Invasion, I'm going to give it a chance. Like I'm not, I'm reserving judgment on the first episode because it is the first episode. There were some really good moments in the first episode. And there's a lot to build on. And hopefully um, they'll build quickly. Maybe I missed it, but did you say that the the flash the flash was rewatchable? Oh, I love it. I would definitely watch it again. I I said I was gonna buy it when it comes out. Okay. You know, I bought Shazam Fury of the Gods because I loved it. I've still not bought Black Adam. I'm waiting for the sales to hit on it, but I I did buy Shazam Fury of the Gods the other week. I was like, you know what, this this movie needs money. I'm going to go ahead and buy it. Yeah, it's 
I bought tickets to it at the theater, and um, I bought the 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 four K. So, Shazam's just a really good movie, and the Flash was extremely enjoyable. And like I said, the if you hear people talk about seeing the movie, it is overwhelmingly positive. The problem is the trolls that want to hate on DC that will not fault Marvel for anything. Because let's face it, Marvel's had a bad run of films and they're still making hundreds of millions of dollars. Dude, I still can't believe they're making an Eternals 2. And that was probably the duckiest Marvel movie I have seen and I can't tell you when. Wakanda Forever made over $800 million worldwide. The Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania made over $200 million in the US and like $500 million worldwide. And the effects were terrible in Ant-Man and the Wasp. And the story was bad. Yeah, I saw that Quantum Mania and it was just nothing but special effects. It was and horrible. they were bad. It was horrible. Yeah, I mean, it was... And, like I said, over $200 million domestic on that movie. Why? Because people didn't badmouth it constantly before it came out. Shazam, badmouthed constantly before it came out. Flash, badmouthed constantly before it came out. What happened? Didn't make the money they expected. Yeah. And people can say what they want, but when people are badmouthing the film to the extent that they're badmouthing DC, where they're not doing it to Marvel, it hurts the business of DC. Yeah. And, you know, I enjoy both companies and I want both companies to succeed. I like DC better because they've got Wonder Woman. You know, there's nothing that Marvel can do that's going to top Wonder Woman for me. Yeah. And Spider-Man would be my third favorite character. But the MCU Spider-Man, like I said, is not the comic book Spider-Man. He doesn't have the problems. They turned me into a sex kitten. There's so many plot holes in so many Marvel movies that people ignore. And that's another thing with the Flash. I heard, or I read people online saying, "Oh, they bastardized the Flashpoint storyline." Okay, to have actually done the Flashpoint storyline, they'd have probably needed five or six films to get it all in. Okay, because it's it's multiple characters and multiple timelines and all that. <clears throat> they took core essences from it. And, you know, it's not called a Flashpoint movie. It's just that's the inspiration for the movie. Yeah. Captain America Civil War is literally called Civil War after the Marvel Comics event, Civil War. Yeah. The Marvel Comics event, Civil War, was Iron Man or Tony Stark wanted the heroes to register with the government and be paid so the government would know who they were. Steve Rogers, Captain America, who was known to the world, to my knowledge, as Steve Rogers, was against the Hero Registration Act and didn't want people to sign up. And that's what the battle was over. And Peter Parker decided to sign up with Tony Stark, and Tony Stark gave him the Iron Spider costume. Yeah. It didn't even come into the Civil War movement. And in the Iron Spider costume, Tony had it rigged where 
he could control Peter if Peter turned. But Peter was also a scientist, and he tinkered with the, the Iron Spider, so when he turned, he couldn't be controlled because he'd taken that out. None of that made the move. Like, the registration was like a side mention in it. They really didn't go on it at all. It was all about Bucky. Bucky was not a, an instigator in Civil War. It was a complete bastardization of the story, and people had no fault with it. But the Flash takes inspiration from Flashpoint, and they bastardized it, and it's terrible. And that's what I'm saying. Marvel gets away with things that DC gets hated for. <clears throat> and like I said, I enjoy both companies. I liked Captain America Civil War, but I wanted it to be more like a comic book, which means they should have waited for it down the road instead of going to it. <clears throat> but Marvel has rushed a lot of things and gotten away with it, just like DC rushed a lot of things and didn't get away with it. Yeah, because DC really did rush the Justice League, and I said that at the time that was too fast. Like, get the characters established and then do the team up. Yeah, but but anyways, Secret Invasion. I'll keep watching the Flash. I highly recommend. Don't listen to the negativity. <clears throat> like I said, the audience reviews are good, so. And just for instance, the Flash on IMDb was 74,000 reviews, 7.2 out of 10. Secret Invasion on IMDb, 9,100 reviews, 7.1 out of 10. So Secret Invasion is not reviewing as well as the Flash did. Yeah. <clears throat> but that is it for this show. I'm not sure um, if there's anything big coming up or not that we'll want to review. Oh, I, I do know I will be watching one thing tomorrow for sure. That's My Adventures with Superman, the new animated series. It's premiering tonight on Cartoon Network at midnight, and then tomorrow supposedly on Max. So if you want to watch that, you can, but I will definitely be watching it and seeing if it's any good. You just have to text me and remind me. Any final words? Not any that I can think of right now. <laughs> There's a shot. <laughs> but anyways, until next time. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.